Welcome to the Beekeeper's Corner Podcast. January 29th, 2023, episode 220, Managed Mentoring, Part 2. Hello everyone, welcome into the corner, the Beekeeper's Corner. My name is Kevin England. I wanted to take a moment to recognize that I'm off the beaten path one more time from our normal episodes to dedicate some special attention to announce the work that I've been doing for launching a new resource for getting started in beekeeping. Now, normally we would run through a bunch of topics in no particular order about beekeeping and give you an update of what we have going on locally, but I'm allocating time in the schedule to finish up what was started in episode 219, and that is telling you what the management mentoring program is. I shared that sentiment because there's a lot of new listeners that come this time of year, and, well, typically we are working on interviews, recaps of meetings we attended, other coverage that comes our way. And if that is of interest to you, just hang 10 for a bit as we'll be back to producing regular episodes in due course. I just had to get a couple of these special ones out of the way. Now, returning to the focus for this episode as noted by the title, this is part two of the topic. In part one, I elaborated the case for specialized beekeeping training program that helps beekeepers not only get started, but gives them support to their journey through the first two formative years so they can get some sound footing about what they're doing and more importantly, why. And hopefully get to the state of being a competent, self-sufficient beekeeper. If you haven't listened to episode 219, then... Really, it might be a good idea to circle back and go there first, but truth is, you could probably forge ahead here and go back later and still be able to work it all out. Now, if you did listen to 219, then you know what's in store for this episode. My goal here is to outline the program structure and give some insights into the program design, discuss how one could participate with some caveats, as to who this program is going to work for, and that'll make sense when I get there. I'm going to talk about the state of the program content, how far along it is, and talk a little bit, disclose a rather important change in direction that occurred along the way that had impact to the timing of delivery. Oh, and the website, and well, it's close. (laughs) I have some many fit and finish things to do before I'll tell you that it's good to go. But if you want to see what wet paint looks like, you can go there now. Just do it after the show. ManageMentoring.com. That's for the ADHD ones out there who aren't going to follow that advice. Stop, go see it, and then come back. Let's start with a short primer on the program, and then we can discuss the blueprint and structure. Sound good? Okay, let's go. Do me a quick favor and put yourself in my shoes. If you were to set out to create a program for new beekeepers, you would immediately come to a concern that you need to address, and that is beekeeping is local. One constraint of the program being launched is that it has a regional application. 
First and foremost, the program was designed for New Jersey beekeepers. That might sound disheartening if you're not from New Jersey, but the fact is, the program likely has application in a large subset of the United States. So let me expand on that just a bit to clarify the right way to process what I just said. One of the bigger concerns for how to keep bees in your yard is the seasonal influences at your location. Primary influences are forage availability and environmental slash temperature conditions. Now, as a beekeeping educator, I have been to other regions and I know, for example, that the weather in Florida is wholly different than what it is in New Jersey, if that's not patently obvious. Now, hold on to that for a second and consider this. However, in most instances, bee biology is rather constant. For example, when a nectar flow occurs, no matter where you are, the colony's going to grow. What I'm trying to say here is that in some cases, you can follow what we put together for New Jersey and adapt it to your situation. Now, make no mistake, beekeepers in Texas, in Phoenix, Arizona, climates, they're going to keep bees in a wholly different way than beekeeping in the Northeast. So, in a lot of ways, your mileage may vary. Now, coming back to the application of the program, if you are in the Northeast, what we commonly refer to as the Mid-Atlantic region, this is going to work for you. The forage, the weather patterns, and other factors are just common enough that if you make a couple tweaks here and there for your local conditions, which you have to do, by the way, for various regions, even in New Jersey, then you're going to do okay with this. Now, do I know that emphatically? I'll never go that far. And I guess as people look and follow this thing, we're going to learn, especially when it comes to those who follow the program and are from New Jersey. A Kevin moment. I did a feature at one point talking about the various areas of New Jersey and how diverse they are. One of the interesting things is the way that New Jersey is designed from the north in Sussex County, where they have a little bit of a mountainous area, to the flat areas through the center of the state and down there by Cape May and such and everything in between. The diversity, if you listen to the weathermen, it's pretty fascinating. And that makes... New Jersey, very regional, even in its counties as to how you do things. So, end of Kevin moment. As another side, northern climates, northern climates, generally, for a larger subset, all the way out to even the Mississippi River, Ohio River Valley and all of that, I don't think they're that much difference. Case in point, I had the fortune of presenting to Omaha, Nebraska a short while back. When I consulted with them about how to work on a bee program and different things they had going on, I was surprised to learn that climate-wise, season-wise, holistically, you know, the beekeeping practices there were almost identical to New Jersey, and I would say, who knew? To illustrate the point further, what I learned is... Their spring forage started almost the same week as ours. Their nectar flow tapered off at the same time as ours. 
they have a summer dearth, just like us. Winter sets in at about the same time. And there's a reasonable amount of overlap in forage, meaning they have goldenrod in the fall and so do we, that you could draw conclusions that there's a lot of similarities, more than not. Now, maybe their winters every once in a while get a little bit of a shot and they're a little colder and whatever, but for the most part, what we do in New Jersey, I'm pretty convinced would work in Omaha based on the summary expression I got when I visited them. So some of it stands to reason that their region is in the same hardiness zone as we are here in central New Jersey, meaning I think it's zone six for us. And well, that goes to show that there's hope that the instruction in the program might have a wider applicability than one might imagine, and I'm guessing over time we'll find out. Now, I make no promises on something I have no real-world knowledge, but I'm positive that others from places afar will come and test this and they will give feedback, and I'm eager to see how remote to us people can adapt the program and let us know how it goes for them. Now, that doesn't mean I expect this to work everywhere. What I ultimately hope for is that someone in Arizona, for example, might take the blueprint of the program, the core instruction, and adopt it, tailor it for that region so that beekeepers there can reap the benefits of the structure of a two-year getting started and support you plan to competent beekeeper, but have applicable direction for their zone. You know, the thought here is the program is going to be a lot like open source, right? We'll build the model and the blueprint and someone can take the model and blueprint and tweak it for the zone that they want to have it go for. In the spirit of full disclosure, I have thought of a handful of things to cover with you as I go along here. And that first one is out of the way. Let me turn to the more tactical stuff you're probably interested in learning. What exactly is the program? How does it work? What's included and so on. So that's where we go next. In the last episode, I talked about some of the design elements of the program. And I think it's a good time to expand more on that and disclose the program structure. Let me tell you what it means to participate in the sessions I've been alluding to because you're a new beekeeper, you want to know what am I in for? It'll start with an introduction session and ironically, that was supposed to happen today. Um, behind on schedule, I'll talk about that at the end. Uh, at some point, we're going to do that in the next week or so. And then the program is a mix of online meetings, video lessons to watch, and some specific instances where we do in-person visits from a dedicated mentor crew for participating associations. Break that out a little further. In a nutshell, you come to the opening session and we lay out what it means to participate in the program. Then you leave that session and you watch the prescribed lesson videos for the phase you are in. We come back to center and host an online meeting to review what you learned. We do that twice a month and you essentially, not 
specifically, but mostly come back and do that for a two year cycle. And again, if you are participating with a, an association, a club, whatever you call it, that can organize your mentor visits at certain times a year, based on our playbook, a mentor will come and see you and assess your progress and help you in person as needed. Local associations are asked to support, in addition to the mentor visits, emergency contacts, right? For a phone a friend situation for participation. So I wanna elaborate this a bit further. The program steps through phases of beekeeping experiences. We shared the first phase in the previous episodes, which is phase one starting out, I want bees to bees in the box. I'm sorry, I'm going to kill you with this, but I'm going to run through them real quick. Phase two, getting up and running. Bees in the box to fully operational hive. Phase three, surviving winter. Fully operational hive to winter preparation. Phase four, winter to spring. Winter preparation to spring forage. And foundational beekeeping topics. I'll come back to that in a minute. Phase five, spring to summer, year two. Swarming splits and honey production. Phase six is honey extraction. Phase seven, summer to fall, year two, manage full-size colonies to winter. And then phase eight, which is winter year two. Those are all the wrap-up topics to give you the well-rounded experience, products of the hives, things like that. I'll tell you in a second. So generally each phase is broken into two halves, the first half of the month and the second half of the month. You are provided some videos to watch on the topics for that period. And then on the second and the fourth week of the month, we host live Zoom meetings to interact about the sessions. The online meetings ensure that you have a dedicated and safe space to get a review of what you learned. We hit the highlights and then allow you to ask whatever questions you have um, dedicated to getting started in beekeeping without, you know, the typical meeting experience that you see in an association meeting where they're hosting somebody else to talk about how to make candles is at the end of the meeting, they say, do you have any questions? Somebody asks a question and any single individual in the audience and five more pile on answer that question. And that becomes really complicated for new beekeepers here. Someone who is your mentor is giving you information and they are tailoring it to the program at hand. You know, the added bonus benefit is that all the other new beekeepers who have the same questions or should have the same questions get to hear the answer of that one and everybody learns together. And it also spurs on, I didn't think of that, here's a question I have about that. And generally these are really pretty insightful pretty interesting conversations when they occur. Now, I talked about one of the stages where you're post-install to Varroa mites. Let me correspond to, and not during the swamp, some of the lessons. Lesson 19, post-install first week. So we'll tell you after you put your bees in the box, whether it's a package or a nuke, what you should be looking for and how you should manage that. Maybe you need to remove the queen. How to do inspections, that's lesson 20. Using a hive tool, that sounds silly, but 
there's a dedicated lesson short one that gives you the ins and outs of how to use a hive tool. Things you will see. You're new and you're going to watch your colony develop before your eyes. What are you going to see? What are you going to look for? That's lesson 22. How to feed new colonies. That's in April. So imagine that you're in the second half of April. You've been asked to go watch those videos and then you come week four and you get to talk about all of them. That's how it works. In May, it's equipment prep for future stages. Lesson 25 is record keeping. Lesson 26 is from one box to two. And that's an important time frame For participating associations, we need to make sure that when you got your start back in putting your bees in the box, you're now at the stage where your bees should be growing to two boxes. We'll come out and check how that's going for you. And we'll make sure that your colony is on the right track. The important thing about that is if you're having a problem, we're there before the problem gets out of hand and you still have enough time in the season to mitigate the problem and get things going. At that same time, we teach you how to do Varroa mite checks because this is the time frame when you need to make sure your colonies are Varroa mite free and it's a great time to teach you how to monitor and treat because you're going to head into the June, July season where that's the time you do those things. So we also talk about small hive beetles, mite monitoring, mite treatment options at the end of May. Now, one important thing about timing, just think about this. The program was designed for all these lessons to occur in advance of the time frame that you're going to do it. In a just on time, right on time situation. Now, some of these we staged a little bit earlier. So if you want to learn about mite monitoring, you're going to learn that in May because chances are you need a little prep to do your mite monitoring in June when you're going to pull your honey supers. That's a second year topic, but just go with me for this. The other thing that we talk about is um, when we design the lessons, if you're going to do something and you need a reminder that you just went through the lesson, you could pull up the video and you can go do it. If I go back to, let's say installing packages, lesson 17, we teach that in the beginning of April, when most people first week of April in New Jersey start their packages where they get their nukes a little bit later. You watch that small singular episode video, how to install a package. We also give you a supplemental guide PDF for package installation. And you can consult that three or four times. Now what you don't get is you have to go back to three pages of notes from some course that told you how to do this and find the segment on how to do that. We have a dedicated 15, 20 slide presentation for you, which is one of the key principles of the program. Everything is what I refer to as snackable, meaning it's dedicated to the small little thing that you're doing at that time and who would not want to watch a short little video that refreshes you on how to do your package install and then you go out there with your printed pdf if that's what you need to do because you know you want a crutch you can go out there and do it that's that's what you should do for new beekeepers and that's the 
thought that went into a lot of the design of the blueprint and structure of this solution. So this goes on throughout the beekeeping season and we are also there to provide support while your bees are overwintering. And speaking of that, in the quieter periods of the year, when you're not out working the bees because it's winter time, we take the time and opportunity to teach you some more in-depth topics so you're a well-rounded beekeeper. You are gonna learn what a drone is and how a drone congregation area works and all of those other things that generally don't have much practice for you when you talk about how to manage the actual bees standing out in your yard, but at some point to be a competent beekeeper, you should know those things. Now there's 70 lessons in all, and yes, it's not for the faint of heart. And it's time to say that even though the lessons are tight and concise and have metered elaboration, which is easy for me to say, but this is what I went for when we designed all the presentations, there's a part on you that you have to participate. You got to do the work. Now, as a beekeepers association, like I said in the previous episode, that happens sometimes ad hoc. But in this case, you're on a defined schedule. You can see what's in front of you. You can understand the benefit of participating. And hopefully, whatever you're doing, you could find the time. Not can. You will find the time. I'm almost positive of it. Now, there's one thing that is not evident as I talk to you, but you'll see it when you look at the schedule if you review it. There's a lot of learning up front, but typically that's the best time to get to new beekeepers because they're very eager and they're going to put all the time. When you get to the later part of the year, even I, as a beekeeper, managing bees all year long, when I get to November, I'm happy to close them off and kind of take a break. So we taper the sessions off. There's no sessions in August. There's no sessions in December and we get a slow startup in January. All of that's been thought through to try and make this adhere to what common people will endure while they're trying to participate in a program. And again, it's all kind of recorded and available through a YouTube channel so you can meter it at your own pace. We tried really hard to keep the videos as succinct as possible. I'd like to think that most of them are 15 to 20 minutes. I do know that unfortunately some of them we had to cover the breadth of the topic and they get to be 30 or 40 minutes, but that's the exception, not the rule. The mind can only absorb a small amount of new material at a time and we strive not to overwhelm you. So as to the teachings of the craft, the course is dedicated to the most conventional way of beekeeping. That's where we're going to go next. An overarching principle of the program is grounded in the conventional beekeeping approach. When we're teaching the craft, the course is dedicated to the most conventional way of keeping bees. Just hold on to that for one second. We're going to insist that the people who say they are in the management mentoring program are using Langstroth hives. And we are going to teach you to treat the bees like livestock and treat them when they are required to have a treatment. All of this is kind of expanded in the introductory session, but the takeaway for you is that we have purposely put some constraints in the program to both keep it focused and also build foundational knowledge. 
We will tell you often that we recommend you follow the course no matter what your direction is. And then this is where I come back to the pin. Go a different route if that's your bent. Later, knowing the basics of colony management before switching your path. The, the thing that, that drove us to that direction is, imagine if you're a new beekeeper and you're discussing matters and you ask a question. If you're running, say, a top bar hive, and I've encountered this, there aren't a lot of people who run top bar hives. There, there's just not an information for you to go get out there. We want you to get information from the program, but obviously you could read books and do other things. Now, yes, there's top bar communities, but if you sat in a new beekeeper's course and asked about top bars, most people won't know what you're talking about. Now, I do. I have a top bar. I've had them for a long time. But the problem is, I'm not going to stop in the middle of a lesson, sorry, and talk about top bars when 80% of the people sitting there are not interested in that. So, this is where when I say we tried to be focused, we love top bar hives. We love lands hives. We love experimentation. But our conjecture is get focused on basic beekeeping with regular hives that the entire world knows how to use. Most common hive in the world, Langstroth hive. And then when you have your beekeeping chops, you can take on the specialties of running a top bar hive. Some people that may not sit well, that's okay. You know, if you have a top bar hive and you want to participate in the program, I'm not going to make you sign off because you signed up, you know, or you showed up and you, you have it. But if you ask for top bar hive questions during the session, sorry, we're going to deny you. You'll still get the benefit of learning a lot of the bee biology stuff and seasonal stuff and other things. But we're not going to tell you how to do hive inspections and management on a top bar hive. There might be a question that's lingering. How much is all of this going to cost me? What does it cost? This is going to be a surprise to a lot of people, and I have so many people who tell me I'm nuts. The short answer is we never plan to charge for these services. The program is absolutely free. There is no fee. As the creator of the program, thus far, I've paid the fees for the program costs. I pay for the website. I pay for the hosting charges and anything else. I believe in the program so long that I put my money where my mouth is, right? Now, I've had discussion with beekeeping companies to help underwrite the program in some manner. And this might be familiar to, to you if you've ever watched public television. This program is supported by XYZ Beekeeping Provider. And then it'll have a short blurb. XYZ is a provider of fine hives. You can reach them on the web at blah, blah, blah.com. And that's it. And maybe some of those logos will be in the presentation saying this program is being supported by. I have to open this up in order to take some sponsorship money, not for profit, but to help defray the costs of the Zoom, Constant Contact, the website and any other expenses that I have for operating the program. Hopefully you'll begrudge me that, but you're not going to pay somebody else. Hopefully fits the bill. Uh, our hope is at some point 
to do a podcast, maybe write a book, do other things. And in those things, we'll see if we can maybe turn a profit or do some of those things. I reserve the right telling you now to do some of that. But when it comes to your participation, you're not going to pay. I would be remiss in not sharing that this program has been in a partnership with the Northwest Branch, one of the 10 branches of the New Jersey Beekeepers Association. They have been my partner from the beginning in support of this program with a lot of their resources. When we start this year, we'll be using their Zoom for the 2023 season. And while I'm on this thread, I want to take a moment to thank the NWNJBA for this program has been supported, like I said, from the onset. Their leadership team has been with me the whole way in allowing me to test the pilot with them. And it's been a great partnership. This also goes for the beekeepers, individuals in the club who have supported the program by being mentors for us, for helping me review the content, whether they liked it or not, and for contributing along the way to what we've been doing. I have to come back, especially to my friend in beekeeping, Bob Kloss, who has unintentionally taken the brunt of reviewing a lot of the courseware. And it has a lot to do with the accuracy and completeness and being able to leverage somebody who's really, really good at beekeeping and be my second arm on this. Didn't ask him to do it, but he's just been there all along as I've bounced a bunch of different things. I intend to have a section on the website where I'm going to be explicit about thanking those who helped along the way because if you haven't figured this out, it takes a village. Now, there's one special component of the program that I can cover while on the topic of Northwest and their involvement. And Northwest is the model program for the mentor visit aspect, especially. And this is how that part works. If you're an association member or somebody listening to this and you want to know how they participate in part of this because they have some skin in the game. At critical junctions of the year, we ask for volunteer mentors to schedule visits with the beekeeping mentees to check up on their hives and help them with Varroa mite monitoring, among other things. This program acts as a surrogate mentor. We're your mentor. The program is your mentor. Until we reach some of those critical milestones where we feel like we need to send an experienced beekeeper to the mentees for an in-person visit. You can only do so much. Now, one of the other things sidebar about Northwest is they have a teaching apiary. They have two of them. And we do a lot of teaching stuff in the teaching apiary. And a lot of clubs have that actually. But um, in the case here, we're going and standing with the beekeeper in their yard. They're doing the hive inspection. We're not grading them. We're there to support them and see how their hives are doing. This happens twice a year in the program. 
once in the middle of summer, critical milestone when mite management needs to be done and you need to make sure your bees are healthy going into winter. And then we come somewhere late summer, or early fall to make sure that you're in a good place. And if there's any remediation required, we make sure we have enough time to fix you before winter comes, you know, just on the odd chance that you had some sort of problem. For the in-person visits, we get our mentor pool together and we work from a playbook and then they arrange the visits on their own schedule. Instead of getting ad hoc calls from the membership, can you come over? I think I got a problem, this and that. The participants in the program for Northwest know that come this date, someone's coming out to the yard. And they could come on a Saturday because I called and made arrangements for both the mentor and the mentee. Now, one aside about the practice of what we do for this is we try to pair up one experienced beekeeper, the lead, with an intermediate beekeeper from the club. Anybody want to tag along with the mentor? And we can also, and we do, try to find mentees that graduated out of the program because we've ran the pilot for a number of years and we make it a three-person crew. The intermediates get to see how the leads do it and the recent mentees that graduated out of the program help to pay it forward in a process that will hopefully find them graduate to the lead role someday. And the intermediates get a sense of doing it the first year and then they're comfortable to volunteer to do it the second year. And the playbook doesn't require you to be a savant, to be a mentor. You're just going there and doing a hive inspection, checking the hive. And if you run into problems and you don't know what to do, you just put them on hold. You come back, you talk to us, the people running the program, and we'll give you guidance on what to tell the beekeeper or we'll work with them directly. And, you know, this comes back to Yes, there is time commitment for the clubs to do this, but chances are there's somebody in your club, think about this, that's probably going out and making visits and helping people. Who knows? Most of the time it's someone on the exec board who feels it's an obligation not to let people down and all the work that they're doing, they on top of that are going around and checking with people. We go through periodically and check with some of our more seasoned beekeepers and say, listen, can you help us out when this time period comes? Let us know if you can, we can put your name down and we'll give you a call. And they actually prefer it. We set people up to the zone they live in. So we take the list of mentees who want to visit. We put them on a map and then we go up to say Warren County, Northern part, one of our parts of our territory. And we find mentors that are up there. So mentors don't have to drive an hour to go visit their mentees. Our sending district for Northwest is pretty big. It's Hunterdon and, and Warren County in New Jersey, which it would take me an hour and a half to drive to the north part of Warren County. So we try to make it like within a 10 mile radius. And thus far, we've had really good success at pairing people up. The other intangible thing is you get to meet somebody as a mentee. And when you go to the meeting next time, you see that person and you could strike up a conversation. Hey, my bees are doing good. Thanks for coming up and helping me. I had this problem, whatever. And it makes connections. 
It networking really works well on this. And you know, when you go out and you get to meet somebody and do, it's not intimidating when they walk over and ask you a question. It's like beekeepers conversations that you have in there. Now there's another thing that we do with this part when we put beekeepers together is mentees to mentees. We encourage our mentees to connect with each other. If you have somebody down the road that's starting with you, pair up, find a friend in beekeeping. We've had really good success with these people dynamics as we've been going through the pilots. I know beekeepers who are friends now that met in the mentoring program and they're friends in beekeeping. And it's, it's one of the greatest rewards to have this happen as a byproduct. So I want to say one thing out loud. In the beginning, I said this was primarily for New Jersey beekeepers. That's where we are in the stage of the world, right? Originally, this program was entirely run for Northwest. That's where the pilot occurred. This year, we expand and we'll say, if you're a New Jersey beekeeper and you want to come into the online meetings and go watch the videos, come on in. We'll take you. If you're from somewhere else, you can come in. We're not going to turn you away. We would hope that the active participation is primarily for the New Jersey beekeepers and that it stays on task. If it becomes a distraction, we might have to do something about it. This effort is my effort. I disassociated myself, not for reasons of malice, from Northwest and from New Jersey as far as ownership of the program solely because I want this to become a bigger program than just some New Jersey program. I would like to see it expanded to other areas of the Mid-Atlantic. And in order to do that, I thought it would be best to go out on my own. It's not affiliated with the New Jersey Beekeepers Association, and it's not physically sponsored by the Northwest New Jersey branch. It's more like a partnership. I'm looking to take on other partners in New Jersey. And now that the program is past pilot and into launch, I am going to go back to the New Jersey Beekeepers Association principals and have conversations with them and discuss this with other clubs. I needed it to get to a certain level of maturity before I was comfortable to go down that route. And, you know, at this point, that, that's what's coming. My sole focus was getting the program finished. This is not a slight to either organization. I am a member of Northwest and thereby the New Jersey Beekeepers Association, and I hold them both in high regard. I will, you will hear me say throughout the entire course that you should join your Beekeepers Association. I can't tell you the value that they provide for you, right? The simple reason is if I have to be frank, I wanted the autonomy to design the course on my own for now. And in time, I will forge my partnerships, but I just needed to be heads down and focused on it. The long-term goal, as I said a little bit earlier, is like open source software. The core structures of this program, I'm thinking, can be adopted for all regions of the U.S. And they will complement what is the traditional path these days, the biggest thing, which is a short course on getting started in beekeeping. 
I'm not unaware that there's programs like this running in other places. That's okay. Um, maybe we can collaborate. I, I don't know. Specifically, I was just talking with someone about something going on in Maryland that sounded very similar to this. Running in parallel and I had no idea it was going until the person mentioned it. So, yeah, there's a lot of interesting places to take this and I'm excited to get to this stage. Now, where am I going to go next? I have to be transparent, that's my nature, about where the program is as far as development. And I said in the outset that I was going to talk about a twist and a turn for this thing that I've mentioned on this program before. Now I'm going to tell you what happened. So let's go there. When I originally set out to do this program, I had a bunch of different talks on various things that were geared towards new beekeepers. And my original structure was, you know, the best way to do this was to put together a bunch of workshops, hold periodic workshops, throughout different quarters of the season and teach beekeepers what they need to know. Come to center, internal huddle, tell everybody things and then have go off like Star Trek and prosper. Something funny happened along the way called COVID. <laughs> we were having these in-person meetings and we couldn't do that anymore. In switching the format, something got lost when doing everything in Zoom meetings. It wasn't the same. The vibe wasn't the same. The connection wasn't the same. And ultimately, it was the format that didn't work. They were too long. People were zoned out. In the uh, long sessions, we took breaks. We had food. We had collaboration. We had hives that we brought in and showed up front. There was a bunch of different things. You can go back to the Northwest channel and watch the videos of the pre-COVID sessions. They're out there. The aha moment was, if we're going to do this online and we're going to make it so that you can watch a video and go out and install your package of bees, this all needs to be deconstructed made a right-hand turn, stopped everything I was doing and took all the work of building out the entire program and rebuilt it from the ground up all the way through. Took what was probably eight to 10 lessons and divided them up into 75 snackable topics and then designed the structure for the timing to coincide with twice a month meetings and all of that. That's what happened. All through COVID time period, right up till like this morning, <laughs> I've been rebuilding everything. The transparency part is how far am I? I'm through year one. What we did for year two with Northwest is typically have in-person meetings with our mentees and go over things in person and just lay it out for them. We didn't have great structure for year two. It never really got mature. But I have the presentations that have all the content for how to do extraction. And there's videos that we made and other things. Most of the time, we just sat down and said, what questions do you have? And we answered them ad hoc, the old-fashioned way. 
Now I have a complete blueprint for building the presentations and I have all the content in the background and I'm going to spend the rest of this year building all that stuff out. So this is the, the plan. I'm not doing a year two for our mentees from last year, meaning in the format, the way the program's designed. If there's a year two beekeeper who's a mentee coming into spring, we will meet with them ad hoc like we did last year. For the Northwest group, there's only a handful of people. And if they want guidance, we will support them. But everybody that starts this year, 2023, you're class one. You're the first class of this program. We will take them through. And when we get to next year, we will host the second part. Now, one of the things I have not figured out, and I have 365 days to figure this out, is how do I run things in parallel? I'm kind of thinking that I need a second body that will do the second year sessions. And one thing about the second year sessions is there's not as many videos and things to cover. They're sparse, spaced out more. You're more on your own to do your beekeeping like you learned in your first year. But in those times where you need second year guidance, we're there for you, but you don't need as much, you know, support information to get started. And I think I could probably partner with people in my organization who can do training and I'll run the first year program in year two, redo it over and somebody else can carry the second year part of it. That's what I'm thinking. So yeah, when I talk about agile <laughs> development, this is what I mean kind of making it up as I go, but I had a plan and a thought how to do it. It's just how to actually execute it is not fully coalesced. So I think, um, you know, let me, let me spend a minute and just talk a little bit about year two and, and what that looks like. In January, we do bee anatomy, drones, queens, workers, the stuff that you probably got from a short course, but you'll get our version of it. And then coming out of winter, some people are going to have dead hives. So we do CSI, dead outs, how to do hive autopsies and put hives back in service. We do the lesson for poorly formed comb. In February, we do hive maladies. This is what I was talking about. In the downtime, we teach you the, the other things. Most people do not have problems with their hives dying from disease and pestilence in the first year. It's the second year coming in. So we don't teach you that until that time frame. Now look, if you have a problem in your first year, and we'll send somebody out. We'll send a rescue crew out to help you. But you, we don't, we have not in the pilot years, knock on wood, seen that. You know, we just don't see that. The second year beekeeper learns how to do splits. The second year beekeeper learns about swarm prevention, triggers, indicators, prevention. We teach you how to hive a swarm. If you have a swarm and you get a call, we teach you how to do that. We explain what utility is of nucleus hives. In the summer months, we start to focus on clearing your honey boxes. We teach you the stuff up front, so when you have to extract your honey, you know how to do uncapping and use extracting equipment. 
we take you through the calendar of summer and fall feeding for year two. It's different than year one because you have a full-size colony to care for. This is where someone who's an experienced beekeeper can cover all those lessons. It's a little bit different than training a first-year green beekeeper who's going to have a lot of but why questions, which are great, and we anticipate that. So, you know, again, uh, to, to wrap that part of it up, year two and where the program is, I'm confident that as we go, we'll be able to put that all together, and I wouldn't promise a year or two if I didn't think we could deliver it. The presentation's just one short thing. We use a template. They're all labeled. They're broken down by section. Most of them, if not all of them, will have me down in the corner talking to you. It's one thing to watch a presentation. It's another thing to see someone present it and give you body language and hand gestures and things like that. Hopefully that makes it a little more personable. And we'll see how that goes, um, how they're done. If there's corrections or problems, we will pick those up in the online sessions. And uh, I'm looking forward to the feedback as we churn through all of the lessons. So I think I'm probably somewhere around 45 minutes into this. I haven't been watching the clock and I've been rambling a little bit. So forgive me on that. But I, I think this is where I'm going to end it. If I am so brazen, I don't know what else I would tell you to give you an introduction of what this is all about. Somewhere on the website, it's already there. We'll have a frequently asked question. There's things that I didn't talk about yet that I know people are going to ask. What if I have a flow hive? Can I use that? Yeah, okay. But when it comes to the flow hive part, we want you to go to the flow hive community. But keeping bees in a flow hive is a Langstroth hive. So yeah. There's those kinds of questions that we've received and answered, and we'll continue to amass a frequently asked question. One of the more popular ones is, what if I miss a session? Fine, we're gonna do our best to record them and you could just watch it. Just try to stay on par. We, one of the most offensive things to us is, we put all this work together to put this in. We don't want people showing up and asking questions that indicate they clearly didn't watch the video. If they didn't understand something that's different than this being disrespectful because they didn't watch it. The, the last thing that I'll say is if you're listening to this and you're a new beekeeper, please do one thing for us. Commit to the program. You can learn it all through trial and error and ad hoc, or you can come in and operate with us where we've been there and done that. We know the answers to this stuff and what I say in the opening of the introductory session is we've spent the last five years writing them down and documenting them so we don't miss stuff. It's pretty comprehensive what we tell you. And we made all the mistakes and learned all the tips and tricks and whatever. And we included them in the courseware to the best of our ability. And I don't know why anyone wouldn't see that as a value by my way of thinking. And I'm, I'm, very excited to offer this as a capability for new beekeepers to get started. And I am, I can't wait to get this going and see how it goes this year. I've always been really nervous about how it performs, but in the pilot so far, um, I didn't mention this and sorry, I'm just going a short sidebar. 
Without mentioning names, although I've alluded to them in the past episodes, people I've talked about that just pop up in me saying I've interacted with someone. I've had different people that came through the mentoring program where we gave them the instruction and we specifically coupled to them to make sure that they followed the program direction and monitored how they did in the program. Of the explicit individuals that we kept tabs with, they did really well. And we were pleased with the outcome and results. Now, I'm not going to tell you that there's millions of people been through the program. There's been a handful. It's a, a beekeepers association, Northwest. But every year when we ask people how they did, or they come up and tell us afterwards that their hives are doing great, or, you know, maybe some of them had a misstep and so on. We've had couple calamities, sorry. That just comes with the territory. It can't be avoided. You can't avoid calamities. <laughs> you could do everything right. There was one year when I bought a package when we first started this. I installed it because I was going to run the package install right along with the mentees and the hive collapsed. The queen died, put a new queen in it, that queen died, put another queen in it, that queen died, and the hive just completely collapsed and was a, a write-off. That was me, the mentor, <laughs> doing it. That was a frustrating year. If you go back and listen to the archive, you'll hear me talk about that. That was the point of it, right? I mean, you just sometimes, the bear eats you. But I will say with smile on my face and, and all the truth I can muster that the people that I've seen follow the program, follow the program, not look at the program and do their own thing. They've done pretty well for themselves, and I'm proud of that. So as I have alluded to today, January 29th, actually yesterday, the 28th, was supposed to be the kickoff weekend for the program in 2023. If you've been following the podcast, then you know that unavoidably I couldn't get it going this year. had a problem where I have a tumor on my left eye and I went through surgery a week or so ago, doing really well post-surgery. I had my follow-up on Tuesday. And, you know, I have to say that my vision, even coming out of surgery, which is going to improve over time, I won't go into all this, is doing really well. And I'll leave it at that. I'll talk more about it in the next episode, maybe. But coming back to center, I have to refactor the schedule. And yeah, I'm going to have to crash some things in order to get us back on the time frame of getting all the prerequisite activities done before we can you know, pick up bees in the April time frame, which is the traditional window. First week in April is what I usually shoot for. So if you're still here and you're a new beekeeper, you can actually get in the advance notice. You can go to managementoring.com and register for the program today. The website's not done. There's a couple of things that I need to finish up. There's some links that are broken and other things. You could come back in a week or so and you know, browse around the website and learn more about the program. One thing that I will say is go to Manage Mentoring. You want to click on the link at the top that says MM Program and choose the 2023-24 schedule, year one, year two. And it has the list of all the lessons. If you're curious, that's probably the thing that most people will want to know. But right alongside that link is the start here link. 
click the Start Here link, read through the prerequisite stuff in the beginning. You heard some of it in this show, so you could probably browse through it. And at the bottom is a form where you could tell me your name, your address, your email. I think I asked for a phone number just so I could text you if I had to. And we will invite you to the opening session. You're a New Jersey beekeeper and you want to join, or you're an outlier and you want to just live vicariously and participate in the program, go to the Start Here page at managementoring.com, go down to the bottom, and fill out the form. That's your bonus for staying so long. <laughs> you know, that, that leads me to think that you're the only ones that know about this. I really haven't talked too much about it. I've held it close to the vest. I'm curious what impressions are. If you care to just send me a note saying, this is crazy, this is great, this is something in between. I'm curious what your first impression is. Send me an email at kevin at bkcorner.org and just make sure the subject is managementoring and let me know what you think of the idea. Just curious how it lands, how it resonates. Why not? Send me a, drop me off a note. I'll be looking for my inbox. So I think that's a good place to wrap up. There's one, one final thought, except for a Kevin moment. So weird to do a podcast and not talk about the local hive report at the end of it. End of Kevin moment. Um, there's a requirement in the state of New Jersey to take training. I don't know if this thing will eventually pass muster as a certification course. I'm not going there. Take a short course. In the state of New Jersey, it's a requirement to demonstrate that you have training. I think with my discussions with some state officials that when we discuss with them what was trained, they agree that this thing would probably pass muster and would not have a problem. But given it was a pilot, I never went there. I have contemplated what it means to be a devotee, that's the word I'll use, of the management mentoring program. And at the end of year two for class number one, figuring out some way to give you a certificate. Don't have that worked out. Remember, agile. <laughs> but, you know, I think that that's a good place to go. A plaque, a certificate, a prize, a something. It means that you're going to check the box on a number of stipulations that you started with two hives, that you followed the program, that you treated the mites when you were supposed to, that you watched all the videos. Don't know how I'm going to grade everybody on these things, but that's what I'm thinking. And I'm hoping that I will drive a principle that, of someone to be proud that they went through this program and after two years finished it and can call themselves a management or beekeeper graduate or something like that. So now you know that it's hard for people to find a mentor. When you go to the introductory session, you'll hear me lay that out. And we want to try to be a surrogate mentor for you. And that's why this program was called Managed Mentoring. We're going to tell you what a mentor would have told you, but we're going to do it hopefully in a more structured and productive way for you. And I hope in the end we are on par with being a substitute for a mentor. That is the ultimate litmus test for us. 
So at this point, if you've made it this far, I gotta say thanks for hanging in there. I appreciate that. And I will sign off with, like our beloved bees, when beekeepers go together, we accomplish great things. Thanks for listening, everyone, and be well.